The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 18, March 29th, 1994. When I arrived in Bloomington with Michael and Danielle, my father welcomed us with open arms. All I wanted was to get the hell out of Indianapolis and far away from Psy. With no job and no money, I had no choice but to show up at my father's doorstep. There was little room in his apartment. A full-size bed and an old black-and-white TV filled most of the room. The only source of light was an old ceiling fan above the bed that made a constant clanking sound. When Danielle and Michael fell asleep, my father and I sat at the small wooden table where he ate his meals. We talked until the sun rose. He told me about his recovery and his new job at the Boys and Girls Club. Then I broke down and cried, telling him how I wanted to make a fresh start, how I needed to get away from Cy. I explained my plan to get sober, go back to school, and become a paralegal. I would apply for government assistance so I could get a place of my own. My father listened intently, his eyes growing red-rimmed. I could see him struggling to keep them open. I need to get some sleep, he said. That night, I slept in bed with my babies, one on each side of me. I whispered to them that they were safe. We lived like this for several months while I applied to as many housing programs as I could. I even applied for food stamps and cash assistance, which wasn't difficult to get with two kids and no job. While I waited to see if I got into any of the housing programs, I faithfully attended AA meetings with my father. That's when I met Leo, an ex-Indiana University football player, a man my father was sponsoring in AA. Our acquaintance started as a friendship that soon became more. AA frowns on people dating in the program, so we had to hide our relationship from the others. Leo had earned a football scholarship, but he lost it when he stopped going to class. When he began to miss practices, they cut him from the team completely. Then he dropped out of school, having nothing to keep him interested. He drifted from job to job with nothing sticking. He soon became desperate for money, so he stole to get by. When he got arrested, a condition of his probation was to attend AA, which led him to me. Soon our coffee meetings turned from cream and sugar to sex. Neither of us had a place of our own, so we would do it wherever it was convenient. The back seat of a car, a gas station, bathroom, and once at the public library. Occasionally, late at night, I would sneak out of my room when everyone was asleep. I would find Leo in the woods beside the inn. I knew what I was doing was not good for me, but I was still struggling with sobriety. There was no outlet for me, so instead of taking a drink or popping pills, I had sex. Then one day, everything changed. I received a notice in the mail that, my, that they had approved me for one of the housing programs. I would finally have a place of my own. It didn't take long for me to sign the contract and get moved in. I'm so proud of myself for finally gaining my independence. I made it happen. My new place is a nice A-frame style house with the master bedroom on the first floor, two bedrooms on the second floor, and a guest room in the attic. Leo moved in and it was immediately a disaster. When our AA group found out 
that we were living together, it didn't go over well. So we began to drink and use again. When we were both sober, we kind of sort of worked. But when we both were drinking and high, it was a different story. When Jack came to visit for the summer, he begged me to let him live with me permanently. I refused at first, but he was so persistent. I could see how much he loved his brother and sister, so I conceded. It surprised me when my mother agreed to let him stay. At first things worked out well, but soon Jack was getting into it with Leo. And then he began to run with the wrong crowd. He was only 15 years old. I could see the slippery slope he was on. I was struggling with sobriety myself, so I called my mother to come get him.